welcome to Interviews with Educators. I'm Austin. And I'm Casey. We wanted to speak with individuals involved in education about education. I mean, we talk to each other a bunch, but we value other perspectives. Thanks for joining us. All right. Uh, Austin and I are here with Tamara Sunkit. Uh, she's the new head principal at Oakville High School. Um, we have some questions for her, and we'd like to Share that with you. So, Tamara, welcome to Interviews with Educators. Thank you so much. It's my privilege and honor that you guys thought of me. Absolutely. <laughs> Austin, would you like to start us off? Um, absolutely. So, the first question that I have is, so what specifically got you excited about education? How did you sort of start your foray into this particular career path? Mm-hmm. And so, um, I've said this in a couple of forums um, as I've come on board, and um, it's kind of organic for me because I I was born into a family of educators. And so my grandparents, my parents, um, it's the world that I've, I've known. Uh, and so academia and just the love of learning and being around the schoolhouse has been um, forever for me. And so that love uh, was born very, very early. Nice. I feel like that's a common theme with a lot of educators. It's like, yeah. oh, my mom and dad were educators. It sort of seems like a, a family legacy type of a career. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, like it. So since you've been in education for, tell us a little bit about your journey in education. Where did you start? And if, it, if it's always been kind of in your blood, what's your story? What's your part of the story? So I guess I should skip um, <laughs> the real inception of the journey, which was me playing with my dolls in my room and no, playing teacher <laughs> and um, setting up classes. And here's what we're learning today and all that stuff. Um, but I actually did. did you have to submit your formal lesson? No, I did. I did. <laughs> so, it, but it actually began with Webster Groves. That was my first teaching home. I began as an um, English language arts teacher there, which is my love and my passion as well. Um, uh, just word, the written, spoken word, literature, all of that great stuff that speaks to um, the human existence and all of that. Um, after teaching there, I had the opportunity to. Um, joined the Riverview Garden staff um, as they were in search of teachers to come on board and really provide, um, you know, high quality, rigorous um, instruction um, there. I served there for um, two years as a teacher and then became an instructional leader there um, while I was working on my master's um, in admin. From that point, once I received uh, my degree, I became a um, an administrator in the Edwardsville School District, um, where I spent a decade, um, singularly the most impactful time in my career in terms of my learning curve and just really seeing what um, this craft looks like at its highest um, level. Um, So that was amazing. And it really prepared me for what was another passion of mine, and that was being a kid Um, born and raised in the inner city, how do I take all of what is wonderful and magnificent about education and learning and um, the promise of that in terms of how it impacts um, and and possibly um, empowers the trajectory of of children's lives, but how do I take those systems as well um, with me to to go make a difference, uh, a greater difference at large. And so that prepared and led me um, to take the leap of faith back into urban education and um, to really go back and work with teachers um, and staff members as an assistant superintendent to 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 really refine 
um, those practices and, and do magical things in the lives of kids. And then my personal life, meaning my three children uh, were, were have all graduated and gone to college. And that freed me um, uh, to meet up with my professional life at a time when I have some options the freedom to say, what is it that I really want to do next in this journey? And um, after 10 years of being um, a district level administrator and doing kind of um, the office work of that, what I really wanted to do was to get back in the trenches and really be hands-on a member of um, a, a learning community. And so I elected to put some feelers out and, um, Oakville High School and Melville School District was very appealing to me because of just the high level and high quality of people um, here in this district and the high quality of work that's done here. So that leads me here. Nice. I like it. Good answer. Yeah, absolutely. Having gone through so many different parts of the educational process and all the different levels in terms of classroom teacher, building leader, district leader, and then back to a building leader, do you have a favorite part of education uh, that you you enjoyed the most? Like I know that you said that once you were up at the higher like central office type of position, you got to a point in your career where you had some flexibility and you thought getting back into like a a building so that you were, like you said, sort of on the front lines back in the trenches. Um, Would you say that that's your, your favorite part of the educational career arc that you've been on so far as like building leadership? Absolutely. Absolutely. And and to be honest, my favorite part um, was, was being a teacher was, and, and, and still a teacher in, in some respects as an administrator, but that classroom time was my most favorite um, part because I mean it, it's it's where the magic happens and it's the direct connect to to kids um, that there's nothing like it there's nothing like um, the re- the relationships that you develop with kids um, around their learning around their social emotional development and really um, being a part of that and watching them grow and learn and really surpass anything that you could ever design in a, in a lesson which is which is the whole reason behind it right mm-hmm. yeah. So along those, along that regard, what do you like to see as a as a leader, mm-hmm. as an educational leader? What do you like to see when you go into a school? What do you like to see when you go into a classroom? Mm-hmm. Um, what do you like to see when you witness a conversation between a teacher and a student? Mm-hmm. It, it, and so engagement um, is probably the word that I would use to encapsulate like several um, look fors. Um, obviously engagement through the rigor and the design of lesson planning, but really to watch how teachers have engaged in the design process of what's, you know, the the lesson and instruction and what's happening in the class, how they engage with students on how students are able to receive and transfer that. Um, I like to see the engagement student to student, teacher to student, student to to the ideas and the thought processes. Um, And then another really big thing is really seeing the engagement of how students transfer that and how you see them applying. We sometimes call it the light bulb coming on Mm -hmm. because you hear them make conversation about, wow, this made me think of this or, oh, okay, I better understand this now. And so um, engagement just of all of those different interactions around um, intellectual think tank are just amazing. So 
Oh, I like that too. Uh, so as we're sort of at the beginning of a, of a new school year, you're going to have new staff members who are coming in, new staff members are starting nationwide. Um, what would be something that you would want to share with someone who's maybe starting their career, either as maybe a, a first formal career or someone who had a previous career and they're in transition now and they're going into education? Um, what is like a piece of advice that you would say to them or just words of encouragement or anything? Mm-hmm. You know, I think I would maybe kind of three prong. Um, and and as as educators, we are cerebral and thinkers by nature. And so I would ask them to always um, be true to being very intentional around um, of that part of learning, how they plan for it and how they prepare students and how they are considerate of where of students and where they will go beyond just their reach. Um, The other thing that I would say to them is to always remember um, that we were kids once. And so um, we can all probably name or remember someone who was very influential in our well-being, our intellectual well-being, our social emotional well-being, and someone who touched our lives for the better. And so I would have them remember that. And then the third thing I would have them um, remember is kind of two-part Um, that they're going to be receiving, be open to receiving guidance and support and um, maybe tidbits of help from those people who kind of walk the journey. Um, But having done that, remember that they have a long journey in front of them and they've got a lot of time to grow and learn. And so, you know, don't worry about being there and and having reached that point immediately, um, but continue to be a thinker, a learner and a grower and do what's best for kids each day and they'll be just fine perfect i really like that because you talk about intentionality you talk about continuous learning you Mm -hmm. talk about consideration Mm -hmm. in general and just how how new educators can delve into that um being in being a veteran educator Mm -hmm. how how do you bring that intentionality and how do you bring that spark to a staff that's already established you're coming into a, a building that has over a hundred teachers that know each other, you know, there's not that many new teachers this year and you're, you're kind of the, you're kind of the big show in town. You know, you're, you're the, you're the, um, you're the one that's coming that everybody kind of has their eye on. How do you, um, how do you get involved with the staff? So, you know, for me, looking at Oakville high school, um, that has such amazing people, um, teachers, students, community, Um, doing such amazing things. I think my lens uh, coming in is to really just take some time to assess um, the specifics of why and what we're doing and to determine what we're doing well and to really find ways through um, intentional data-driven processes to help us as a staff determine how we take those things to the next level. Um, How do we go from, you know, best to better, from good to great, you know, mm-hmm. all of those mantras. And, and that's going to be it. I think um, really identifying um, our practices, shoring up um, things that can be tools to helping us get better, um, you know, utilizing that data and that information um, to help teachers, you know, plan and strategize around how we do that and then just rolling it out. I like it. Um, also, to sort of like harken back to what you were talking about when talking to a new teacher, letting them know that they have a long career path in front of them mm-hmm. and to not jump into something expecting to be a master at your craft, basically, on day one. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that I personally struggled with that whenever I first started. 
I was always at like the top of all of my classes, all through K through 12, went through college, all of my undergrad. I was like super into everything I was doing and was really, really into it. And then I got my first teaching position and I had this one hour that was just insane. Like Mm -hmm. all the kids who were in there were constantly at odds with each other and at odds with me. And it was just like a very difficult situation to try to navigate and nothing that I had learned in any of my classes really ever seemed like it would completely apply to that. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I did sort of have to like reach out and get help from other people. And there was that whole like pride piece of like, I'm not able to do this on my own. And that just ate away at me my whole first year of teaching. But now I try to make myself available to anyone, Mm -hmm. new educator or otherwise, Mm -hmm. uh, in case they have a similar issue. Absolutely. Because I know how difficult that can be. Um, Well, so often our training is very content based. Right. We get, we learn to teach English. We learn to teach science. Yes. But that that teaching piece, that relationship that piece. Relationship piece. Yeah. I, I I mean, they talk about it, yeah. but man, that is, that's the key. You know. Sometimes the most you get it um, in terms of um, theory is you know, or theories around, or practices, or strategies around classroom management. But even then, it seems to be absent of that word relationship. You mm-hmm. know, and because. And that's kind of the key yeah. in developing. Um, Just use proximity. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. They don't care how close I am yeah, to them. That's right. right. That's right. <laughs> so, sort of being in that with classes that new teachers are taking and things like that, um, we're constantly talking about different things in PD that are going to be coming up in education. What's something that you see as being on the horizon of education that you're most excited about? maybe integrating into the school this year or just in education as a whole? Mm-hmm. And just as a whole, if you look at um, the framework of education and in great respects, it's very similar to what it has historically been. And I think we are living um, now and we are working with um, students who are going to live in a world that doesn't exist. And um, this is probably this time more than any is probably um, where we we've seen this in, in ways that we never have before. And so innovation um, and creative models and creative mindsets and uh, ways in which we develop thinking patterns and practices is, is critical. And I think that's the, that's going to be the paradigm shift um, for education. And I, for us at here at Oakville high school, um, over the next few years, that's going to be, you know, our focus and, and our scale up in terms of teacher practice and, and what that looks like in, in the interface with, with student learning. Um, and so how do you not just, as, as you said, Casey, provide content and, and ensure that students have a foundation, informational foundation that they need, but how do we develop um, synapses <laughs> for um, creativity and innovation and um, and students being able to um, design and, and implement in a way that we don't even quite understand. And, and some of us, older ones like me, may not even be here to see <laughs> um, those things come to fruition, but that's kind of where we are. Well, we were in, I mean, we, we had our freshman orientation yesterday mm-hmm. and something crossed my mind and I probably should have just said it or asked the question, but there were so many parents and so many students that were out there. And I, and we were talking, you were speaking to that exact point, how Mm -hmm. we're developing these students and preparing them for something that we don't know what it is yet. Mm -hmm. And uh, I almost asked the parents how, how many of them wanted to be YouTubers when they were kids. And obviously not one of them would have 
raise their hand because right. that didn't exist. That's right. That's but right. these students, they're, they're 13, 14, 15 years old. That's been their world that's right. for a long time. And that's right. been a potential. We didn't, we didn't have that. That wasn't an option. Yeah. You were a movie star. Maybe you're on TV. But other than that, you're not getting famous. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know? And that's part of the challenge because um, they have a mindset. And again, they have a synapsis that is very different um, than many of us because they have been born into um, um, this technological um, time. And so how do we, you know, what does the classroom look like? Um, where we're not only covering content, um, but we're creating makerspaces, we're creating think tanks, we're creating, um, you know, that kind of energy where students are forward um, beyond what we know ourselves. It's very difficult to do. How do you lesson plan for something that you yourself don't know or something that doesn't exist? And I think how you do that, um, how I would approach that um, it's just about creating a, a thinking model um, as opposed to just a, a content model. So along those same lines, what, uh, what, I know you've seen the master schedule. What, mm -hmm. uh, what classes are you excited to see uh, at OHS? What are you, what are you looking forward to observing? So really excited about um, some of the, a uh, couple of classes, all of the, you know, what's going on, but a couple of classes, that for me really do um, provide the promise that Melville School District as a whole is already um, getting in front of the conversation we just had about how do you prepare children for a, uh, the world to come. Um, our geometry and construction, our AMP, um, and even within um, you know the other classes that aren't those um, new approaches um, that we see in this year's schedule. Just to hear from teachers that I've talked to about some of the cool things they'll be doing and how they are approaching science and how they are approaching um, whether it's project-based learning or some of the maker spaces and opportunities. So I'm hearing tidbits of that from teachers across the gamut, and that's really exciting. Um, I'm hearing a lot of mention of that as we're going as administrators uh, to some of our workshops um, here in district. So I, I'm, I'm excited to see that Melville is 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 there. We're, we're trying to get in front of this, and, and we realize that this is, this is the future of education. Let's hope. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so apart from curricular things that are being implemented, is there anything that you're looking forward to the school year in terms of like the building climate or culture? Um, or just student interaction or staff interaction that you're looking forward to the most? Mm -hmm. um, so uh, myself and the administrative team have been talking um, a lot about, you know, culture and, and how we um, create the next iteration of that and get, you know, keep people excited and, and create some, some additional excitement and energy um, about what we have going on here. Uh, we've talked about a number of things from how we connect back um, to our feeder schools and get students excited and in love with um, Oakville High School before they even get here. And um, we have a mantra that I used to use back in my Edwardsville days when we were the Edwardsville Tigers at, at the high school level. That Yeah. <laughs> so every school before then, whether they were the Panthers or the whatever, we would say every Panther wants to grow up to be a Tiger. And so really creating that that connection 
um, um, prior to um, kids even getting here. Um, I'm excited about some of the things that we'll, we've discussed about activities um, from service learning to just fun uh, opportunities before school, after school, during school for our students and our staff to celebrate, to celebrate what we're doing, to connect um, and to do things that are going to help build that that energy around culture. Um, so, so those are some of the things that we're talking about, Billy. So just to backtrack a little bit, um, you had mentioned wanting our teachers or our new teachers to have that long journey and that mm-hmm. uh, continuous learning and that mm-hmm. continuous thought process. Um, in that regard, what educational resources do you recommend? I mean, um, I know there are a ton of books out there. There are all kinds of podcasts out there. Um, a new one coming soon. <laughs> <laughs> Interviews with educators. Right. Uh, um, but what resources do you utilize as as for your professional growth? Mm-hmm. So for mine or for or what, what will I suggest for new teachers? Both. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, for new teachers, and I won't talk specifically titles, um, but one of the things, and I've shared you this. Could, you could drop a couple titles if you wanted. So one of the things that I've shared with, uh, I will, with um, the team is um, really just kind of some processes um, to really support new teachers. And so obviously, you know, Desi in the state has some mandates regarding um, having mentors and what that mentor-mentee process looks like. Um, but beyond that, you know, having a, you know, a, a workshop format where new teachers over the course of the year um, can get together and we can provide them support around um, specific experiences that we know are, are vital to their development as new, of, as new teachers, as well as an opportunity for them to have intellectual exchange and get feedback and how's this going with you? And yeah, I'm really doing this well and, you know, share ideas and that kind of stuff. One of the things in this, I'm going to now bring in my piece. Um, you know, we're all pretty astute on, um, you know, the literature and the titles and professional literature um, around education. But one of the things that I started doing several years ago um, was looking for um, literature or looking for pieces that weren't necessarily geared and tailored education specific, but that really spoke to organizational excellence that really spoke to how do you build high-performing teams that really spoke to how do you um, increase output and those things. And so I really began toying around with kind of blending and blurring the lines of bringing in things like turn the ship around, bringing and um, pieces like um, the one thing mm-hmm. and um, utilizing those pieces um, there's another title that I, I, I'm, I'm reading now that I'd like to bring in, and it's um, uh, Break All the Rules. And so those pieces really often come out of corporate America or come out of um, um, other industries, but really do speak to some of the things that are often goals in education. How do we you know, increase capacity? How do we increase output? How do we strive for excellence? How do we build high-performing teams and, and those things? And so they really give a different lens outside of the traditional lens of um, ed- education and pedagogy and all of that on you know, what the most successful organizations do to to be to achieve and be the best and so that's what i'm kind of toying with now and those were three titles yeah yeah. (laughs) um and from that perspective really if you think about it the vast majority of students that we are preparing for a future are not going Going to to be be in education that's right in education they're not going to be educators right um so we can't we can't prepare Mm -hmm. them like we were Mm -hmm. 
necessarily prepared, mm-hmm. or maybe we, we can, mm-hmm. we just ought not right. do that. We, we, we wouldn't limit it. <laughs> We're not going to limit it to that. Yeah. And so that's kind of one of the things I'm toying around with. And when you think about this is an organization and how do I help um, it to be the best, then I, you know, I go back and look at, well, what are some of the most high achieving, high performing organizations, you know, in, in, our, in the country? And as you're looking through that list, you know, you're seeing... A lot of corporate pieces you're seeing you know you know forward general i mean you, i just really bar amazon you just borrow from you know what's the game plan what is the game plan and, and what are they using and how do we adopt it i like it so sort of along those same lines um moving through education and i would say that you've been successful in your career i hope that you would say the same um what do you think would be something that you would say would be your secret to success or sort of what was that spark that kept you going mm-hmm. Um, so two things, um, and these aren't the only two, but two that come to mind are, um, be true to all of the mantras. Um, and so we have mantras in education, like I'm a lifelong learner and continuous improvement and, and really being true to, to those, to those mantras and, and, and living them and doing them with fidelity, um, and, and, and making them a part of who you truly are as a practitioner, um, and as a person who is passionate about this craft. And then the other thing I've kind of spoken to already, um, you have the benefit as an educator of uh, relationship and interaction at all levels with other adults um, of the same mind and, and, and whatever, and of children. And so really uh, honoring and hearing and being a part of that whole swell of information and knowledge and growth. And so kind of um, just just listening to, to all of those voices. And um, I had a parent who was here the other night who, um, when I spoke of my number of years and then later my age is like, you don't look that old. And I truly <laughs> believe that, you know, having done 27 years with, you know, in, in, in schools where children keep you vibrant and alive and, and you have to, you know, um, uh, maintain that uh, is is really important. And not just from a physical standpoint, but just from your thinking, you know, when you come in and, and a kid is smiling and happy and and laughing, it, it keeps you laughing yeah. and keeps, you know, you, you keep that childlike energy. I love that. Uh, walk the walk, yeah. you know. Yeah. Like we 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 hear it all the time that yeah. you really have to be true, and and students will smell it if you're right. if you're not. Uh, That's right. If you're not as true as uh, you want, the whole leading by example thing. Because we ask them to do that whenever they leave our room. Like, mm-hmm. don't just stop when summer hits. Like, please keep going and mm-hmm. doing more. Mm-hmm. And we ask them to take risks all the time. And right. Then how, and then, how do we do? How do we model that? Right. Yeah. We want we want our lesson plans to be. Perfect before we right successful all the time. Right. Um, going off a little bit of education, uh, I wanted to ask you who who's your hero? Oh man, that's always such a hard question for me because it calls on me to narrow down um, to one person, um, which narrows it from all of the amazing people who have either influenced and touched my life um, rather directly and personally, or just um, as a model for things. And, 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 and there's so many people, it runs the gamut from 
obviously people who I, I, I respect or I value this in, or I, I, you know, someone who I don't even know who I read something about or who I see. And I thought that is amazing. Um, they are participating in life in a way that, you know, I've, I've never even thought of or beyond my, you know, my, my own expectations. So that's a really hard one for me to answer. Let me, let me rephrase. Yeah. What are some characteristics of people that you view as heroic? Mm-hmm. Kindness. And so people who, um, despite what may be going on in their own lives or despite what um, external um, impacts or influences they may be um, interfacing with, um, keep kindness and humanity um, at the forefront of, of who they are and how they interact and interface with the, with the world, with people, with, with um, environment, with our world. Um, that's probably a biggie for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like that one. That's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> the world could use a little more kindness. <laughs> yeah. And it's just as simple as, you know, you come in, we had a, we had an, I, and I share this with my family, so I hope they don't mind me sharing and I won't say their name. We had a, um, a colleague who came in one morning and had had a really rough morning car, not starting, you know, family member, you know, who's needing to come and, da, 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 da. and it was one of those mornings that almost sounded like, Oh my gosh. And how did you not go back to bed after that? But it wasn't the fact that they didn't go back to bed or say, Hey guys, it's been a rough one. I'm not making it. It was the fact that when he walked through the door um, his 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 usual smile, his usual kind, lighthearted nature was just as big as it is any other day that he comes in. And so had he not told all of the, you know, things that went wrong with the morning, you never would have known it. Right. And so I really value that. And I really value um, as, as human beings, our ability um, to have that kind of grit and perseverance through things, but also to to continue to show kindness in the face of whatever's going on. So in terms of keeping up with grit and things of that nature, um, with any career, mm-hmm. the longer you're in it, the more it has the potential that it could wear on you. Mm-hmm. Um, what are things that you would say that you've done to sort of like take care of yourself as you're... As with many things, the best laid plans don't always work out. Due to unforeseen technical difficulties, we ran out of space while we were trying to record the end of that last interview, and so the very end of it, uh, where we sort of drew everything to a close and finished answering all the questions, uh, was chopped off and is now lost to time, unfortunately. So it was so good. It was probably the best thing you've ever. It was so good. Uh, You really should have been there for it, and I I lament at the fact that you were not able to hear it. (laughs) Um, but we promise to do our best to make sure that that does not happen in the future. We're going to change a few things up. We're learning. This is still new for us. So, yeah. Bye. Please, thank you for continuing to listen, and we apologize. Have a good rest of your evening. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to reach us, you could use the Twitter. I am at C. Oleyarnik. That is at C-O-L-E-A-R-N-I-C-K. And I'm at Austin W. Ferguson. That's A-U-S-T-I-N-W-F-E-R-G-U-S-O-N. Bye. Bye.